Welcome to Quiet in His Love with Jolene. Hi everyone, Jolene here. Time for another talk with you. I've been um, thinking how excited I am that I can actually talk to you again so soon. Of course, at the moment, my mind's a blank. Usually when I sit down to the microphone, I don't always have an idea of what I'm going to say to you guys. But um, I had some open time with no one in the house, so I thought it would be a good time to talk to all of you. I'm thinking about Valentine's Day. It's coming up in just over two weeks, and, you know, it's not one of those holidays that I go gaga over. I may have when my husband and I were dating, you know, especially during the long distance part of our relationship, it was nice to have flowers or something arrive for me because we couldn't be together on Valentine's Day. But really, I think that our wedding anniversary is more significant to me than than Valentine's Day. I remember, you know, I was going to school when I was young, you know, elementary school, exchanging Valentine's and all that. And It was like the thing to do. I don't know that I ever did this, but I know other people's children have made mailboxes for their Valentines to be delivered to and things like that. And it's one of those holidays that I think is more of a marketing tactic for some people than an actually necessary holiday to celebrate. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Some of you probably have very significant ties to Valentine's Day. I believe I know of some, a couple that got married on Valentine's Day. I have a friend whose child was born on Valentine's Day. So it's, it's significant to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it. I just, I want us to be aware. Apparently that's like my theme after the last chat with you guys and I want us to be aware that Valentine's Day can be hard for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Think about those that have lost a spouse recently. And when I say recently, it could even be five years ago and they're still hurting. I know for some people they've been, they've even remarried within that time. And that's, you know, their personal choice. That's them and God and they're they're ready for that. And that's, that's great. But some people aren't, and some people may never remarry. Then there's maybe the divorced individual who used to think Valentine's Day was great. And that was for that couple, a special day to celebrate. And now it's not. The kids in school, who don't get a valentine from someone in their mailbox. I think some classrooms say you have to probably give a valentine to every kid in your class, but some don't, or at least they didn't used to. And here's an opportunity to slight a classmate by not giving them a valentine. Instead of hurting people or having people hurt, what can we do to be aware of how people are feeling around Valentine's Day. I believe that some churches do a special lunch 
for people that have lost a spouse recently around Valentine's Day. You know, there's so many different things we can do. We could just do, I know there's something called Galentines, which I imagine is just a whole bunch of ladies going out and having a good time, you know, painting or doing a craft or having dinner. There are lots of options of how we can make it about just loving people, not necessarily romantic love, but just loving on people. Sometimes it's so hard in our own hurts. And I'm speaking right now from my experience, you know, when I talk to y'all, it's stuff that I need to hear. This is stuff I'm working on and dealing with, and you just get to benefit by hearing what I'm thinking and processing. It's so hard, here it is, in your grief, in your hurts, to not think about yourself. It really is. It's so hard. You're hurting. It's like the other day, I had a hangnail, or what? I call a hangnail, on my pinky, my right pinky finger. And sometimes the way I sleep now, I tuck my hand underneath my leg because I sleep on my back and it's just, I tuck, I want my hands to be warm. And I was irritating that hangnail so much that at one point when I'd gotten up to use the restroom, I came back to bed and my finger was pulsating almost. It was so swollen and sore and that hangnail had been shifting around so much. I'm guessing while I was sleeping, it hurt. And all I could think about, all I could focus on was that pain in my pinky. And I mean, I was like thinking, I almost would rather give birth than have this pain in my pinky. It, it really was, it was bad. And I think my husband was half awake. I'm like, what am I going to do? He's like, well, put a Band-Aid on over it. I'm like thinking that's not going to help with the pain that much, right? But I did because I couldn't get like a fingernail clipper in there to get the hangnail to cut it off. And so I went ahead. I did what he said. I got a Band-Aid. I had Olaf on my finger. And the next morning, I'm like, you know what? That actually... It still hurt, but nowhere near as much. That buffer of just having that Band-Aid wrapped around my pinky took the pain level down significantly. And then like the next day it slipped off. And then it was at a point where I could easily just tear off the hangnail enough that it wasn't going to hurt worse. The reason I told you that story is because of the focus. All I could focus on was that pain. I couldn't think about anyone else's pain at that point. I know it's a hangnail. I get it. But it was hurting. So I was focusing on it and thinking about any, clearly thinking about anything else at that point would have been a difficulty for me. When we're hurting or we're grieving or something's just got us torn up or we're fretting, again, fretting, like we talked about last time, when that's happening, we become so self-focused. Now, 
with this luncheon that I mentioned that I've heard of at another church uh, for people that have lost a spouse recently, that isn't going to necessarily take the pain away, right? It's going to act like Olaf, that Band-Aid. It's going to buffer them for a time and give them some comfort and some, you know, a chance to communicate with others that have gone through things and just to have a moment of enjoyment with others that have gone through a similar, a similar loss. And that's other people who are willing to take the focus off themselves to love on these hurting people. C.S. Lewis talks about being other-centered. Not self-centered, not self-focused, but focused on others, which even as a parent, I struggle to do sometimes. Because if you're anything like me, and maybe you're not, but by nature, a lot of us are selfish creatures. And so, and I, I'm me, especially. So that makes it hard sometimes to be other focused. But when someone else around you is hurting or going through a difficult time, something's just rocking their world. Do you find that you can love on them in that moment? That you can drop your own thing that's been hurting you, that you've been walking through and lean in with them, lock arms with them, come together with them around the thing that they're dealing with. Or maybe you're just too caught up in your own worries, your own hurts to be able to do that. This is something that we need to evaluate, we need to think about. It's not just our time we need to consider this year. It's how we're operating around other people. What, as a Christian, a Christ follower, should we be doing to reach out into the lives of others, whether we're grieving or hurting or not? What little things can we do in those moments? And sometimes, don't get me wrong, sometimes you really can't. You really need to help yourself. As it says in Mom's Night Out, you need to put your oxygen mask on first, and then you can help others. There are those moments in life where there's no other way. You are just, you're at the bottom of the barrel. There isn't another barrel anywhere nearby, and you need to just get the help that you need. But if you're not in that situation and you can find strength and love to care for others, sometimes it doesn't take much. We, I think I've talked about this on former podcasts. Sometimes it just takes a smile, a wave, a little note in the mail. I love notes in the mail. Um, I love sending notes in the mail. I love surprising people with things and, and I don't need to hear this from them, but when they write to me or tell me that note just came at the right time or it really meant so much to me, that does my heart good. And it tells me that I'm doing what God wants me to do because I'm blessing this, 
in these people that are in my life. Relationships are crucial. God created us for relationships, to connect with other people, to sow seeds into their lives, especially if they don't know him personally. And that's hard for me to do for a lot of reasons, one of which is the fact that I'm a a stay-at-home homeschool mom. I don't cross paths on a regular basis, especially now that I can do drive-up or have my groceries delivered right to my door. I don't interact with a lot of people that I know aren't Christians. But even in that, I can still minister to the people in my house, my husband and my children. I can minister to the people. I've been leading a table since the fall at mom's group. I can minister to them and love on them which they're a gracious bunch because sometimes I don't do a great job at that. But God's working on me. You know, we all have room to grow and we need to grow. We need to grow and bear fruit. I tutor a class for a homeschool group. And um, so I have kids in that class that I try to pray for and hopefully speak good things into their lives. And so I have paths I cross, but I believe the majority of the paths I cross are people that already have a heart and love for Jesus, but I still need to sow into their lives and continue to encourage them and point them to Christ because they might have those hard moments where they can only be self-focused and they can't be other-focused. If we purposely set out on Monday morning each week to find or have God bring one person into our lives that week that we need to be other focused on, how would the next month look different in your life? How would it look different in my life? It really doesn't take much. And the other thing is, it's not expensive. I know stamp prices seem to be going up every week. However, even the price of a stamp isn't that much in the grand scheme of things. If you could send two notes out a month, how much money would that be in postage, paper, envelopes, ink? How much time would it take you to write a note times two and then multiply that 24 notes you sent out in a year? 24 notes. Did they take you five minutes each to write? Well, that's 120 minutes. It took you two hours of your year, just two hours, to do what? To send somebody some love, some encouragement, some, hey, I'm thinking of you. I know life sucks right now for you, and I love you. And I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and I'm praying about you and I care about you. It's not hard, people. It really isn't. Sometimes I think we make it harder than it needs to be. Again, we have so many plates spinning. We can't tell what color they are. We can't tell 
anything about them because they're just a blur. Well, take some time to make one of those plates stop spinning. I know, I know, you're like, no, I can't do that. That plate is important. That plate is significant in my life. If I stop spinning it, my identity has changed. I'm not who I thought I was. Well, maybe you shouldn't be tying your identity to that plate anymore. Something to think about. Our identity is in Christ, not in the things that we've got spinning around on those plates, people. No. No. And it's not in your own self-imposed to-do lists, which I have a ton of. I have such a hard time right now sitting and praying and speaking to God about my own personal life that I don't know that I'm necessarily following exactly his direction for me. And you know what happens when you do that? You think of the things that you want to do and you start doing them and they pile up. And then you've got four or five plates spinning with all these things that you think are important. But does God think they're important? Does he think the things that I'm doing are important? I need to be able to talk to him about me, about where I'm at. I can pray for others. I can. I listen to people and get information from them. So I know specifically how to pray for them or their family members about what's going on in their lives. But ask me to sit down and pray for myself right now. It's a challenge. My heart just hurts too much. It hurts. And I can't say exactly why it hurts here because it would be hard for some of you to hear exactly why my heart hurts. And some of you wouldn't believe me anyway. But know this. Like I said in the last podcast, I just got to cry out to him because he's there waiting for me. He hasn't left me. He hasn't. And as much as it feels like he could have done things differently in my father's case, there's a reason what happened to my father happened. And I need to find a way to trust him again in that. You know, I lost two children to miscarriage and that was hard. I can't begin to describe, especially the pain of losing our, our first child to miscarriage. It was a really, really, really hard experience for me. And it was, it was quite a mourning process and I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know what I was supposed to, to learn from the experience or how I was supposed to grow and how I was supposed to love God in that moment. I didn't understand. But even 
losing those two children, our Shannon and our Toby, in some ways didn't hurt as much as losing my dad the way that we did. It has a lot more questions around it than the way that, you know, we lost Shannon and Toby. But I know that I need to trust God and trust his plan. And sometimes even those of us who love God more than anything, it can be a challenge for us. How can we love others, not just around Valentine's Day, but every day, every single day? How can we set out to love others? Whether it's our spouse, our children, a parent, a sibling, a grandparent, if you're blessed enough to still have a grandparent with you. Uh, Perhaps it's an aunt or uncle that needs some extra love, a cousin, maybe a neighbor needs to see you and hear you and know that you're there and that you're available for them to reach out to at any point. Maybe it's a friend at church. Maybe they're in financial trouble. Perhaps one of their children is doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Perhaps their marriage is a little rocky. We don't need to fix their problems. I know some of us want to do that. We want to make it all better. Just like we do for our kids. We want to make it all better. But that isn't going to necessarily be the problem solving that they need. They don't even necessarily need problem solving. They need someone to come alongside of them and say, hey, I'm here. Would you like me to bring you a meal? Do you need help watching your kids? I'm really good at doing laundry. I like doing laundry. I don't personally, but I'm just saying. I like doing laundry and I'm really good at folding it. Could I help you out? I know it's a bit of a stress for you right now. Or, hey, I heard you hurt your leg the other day. Can I mow the lawn for you? And not only can you get in on it, but you, if you have a family, your whole family can get in on it. All of you can show them love by doing yard work picking up some groceries for them. And I know some of you are already doing this because you are so good at it. And this is one of the ways that you are really good at showing others love. Keep doing it. Don't stop. It doesn't take a lot. It really doesn't. I have heard so many stories about how just one smile from a stranger changed someone's life. One smile. How sad is it that nobody smiles at people anymore or not enough? And that is a life changing event for some people because nobody in their life was smiling at them. Nobody in their life was sharing joy with them. I really appreciate you guys coming in here, spending your time listening to me go on. I, uh, I hope that, again, I hope something I've said has 
has touched you and jogged an idea or a thought. And I hope that if this has spoken to you, that you will share it with friends or family that need to hear it or that just would, you know, just share, please share. I think that I am so blessed to be able to get on here and talk to you all. And some of you are kind enough to tell me that it, it blessed you. And that means the world to me. I'm so thankful that I can be a blessing to you in some small way. I hope that this February, if not before, you will find new ways to love on others and that I will too. I love you all. I so appreciate each and every one of you. I pray God's blessings over your lives. I pray that this year continues to be one filled with God's love and purpose and touch in your life. And I pray that as the year wears on and you look back from January to wherever you find yourself, that you will see God-touched moments on the trail behind you. Please, please, please find ways to share your love and the message of your Savior with others. Thanks again for stopping by Quiet in His Love with Jolene. Hopefully you'll hear from me again soon. Blessings to all of you. Thank you for joining me today. Feel free to visit my blog at quietinhislove.blogspot.com or if you'd like to learn more about my in-home library, visit shannontobiaslibrary.com.